everybody all right all you cats and kittens all you ladies and lady killers out there in real violin you know what time it is you know what time it is you know what time it is it's real vile time babies that's right it's your old pal mr germ t ripper along with my co-host the supro <laughs> i just tried to say suplexorcist uh, <laughs> ruthless chris himself say hi to the people ruthless chris how's it going everybody and of course, the tower of the hour, Miss Killer Kelly. Always a pleasure. Say hello to the people, Killer. Hey, girls. Hey. <laughs> and ghouls. Girls, girls and ghouls. She's saying <laughs> hello to all of you. Man, it's been a wild week, wild times. Uh, guys, I know what you've been up to, but I don't know if everybody else has, uh, knows what you've been up to. Uh, tell the folks out there in real vile land everything that's been going on in your world ruthless chris you're first uh it's been it's been a crazy weekend i just got back from the road uh, i got back today at noon um we debuted uh uh us as ruthless pro wrestling debuted at the h2o center in new jersey uh but we were there as the entire faces of death weekend um a lot of big things like really big things happened over the weekend fun stuff um our producer Peapod uh, made his um, debut on commentary for ICW No Holds Barred, which is a very big deal. Um, we made our 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 debut in Jersey. To me, that's a very large deal. Not only in Jersey, but at Matt Tremont's place with Matt Tremont on the card. Uh, anyone that knows anything about uh, me growing up watching Deathmatch Wrestling, that means a lot to me. Um, the shows went over really well. The crowd really seemed to enjoy it. Um, we got. Uh, a lot of weird stories out there. Um, the the Airbnb was weird. My room looked like a Valvinus' sex dungeon. We had no idea when we got there. Like it was <laughs> all right. So the Airbnb, the entire first floor is just normal, you know, white walls, leather couches, normal shit. You walk up a stairwell. This thing is fucking hot pink from floor to ceiling. It's got a king size bed with a leather studded headboard, and then the sheets are. Uh, <laughs> purple and black tiger stripe oh and shit there's, a, there's like a like an ornate mirror in the corner like a full body like boudoir mirror and it's all like pearl and silver on the outside i'm like what the actual fuck is going on in here uh so there was that uh, a lot of traveling um uh make sure you check out street trash and iwtv if you got that uh we're pretty proud out turned out but yeah it was it was a hell of a weekend his Aaron B or her his Aaron B and B room definitely had someone getting pregnant in that room before. Straight up. Uh we're pretty sure that Dr. Redacted his girlfriend filmed porn in there in there in the last night that we were there. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. But uh uh the mysterious voice Peapod uh pointed it out. Uh you know, but I don't think that people can get pregnant in their butthole peapod. So <laughs> I doubt it. It was like uh, a lot of butt stuff. Killer not with Kelly. that attitude. No, not with that attitude indeed. You can try as you may. Uh Killer Kelly, what's new and exciting in your world? Uh, I didn't have as exciting weekend as Chris did. I watched Chris's dog during all this, actually, Miss Porkchop, which is always exciting, but not quite as exciting as a Jersey trip. Um, 
yeah, I'm just, you know, working, doing the work thing. Hasn't been too exciting, but it's, you know, it was nice having Chop at my house. <laughs> She's always welcome. Well, am I right or am I wrong in the, do you do the graphics and stuff for Ruthless? I I uh, designed the original logo and I did them for like the first two years. I'm not currently doing them right now, though. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. I got a little busy with other work and it just wasn't getting the designs as quickly as they needed. So we got it also became a strain on our friendship, too. So it did, it too. Me and Chris started getting like bitchy with each other and we'd get in like unnecessary fights over like where's this design and i'm like fuck you man you know like <laughs> it got really dumb for a minute so honestly we've been getting along more since i haven't been doing them well we don't want a strain on that friendship because that is a beautiful friendship indeed yeah uh me myself and i just working a lot just twerking a lot no just kidding oh uh, I, I only had one day off in the past week, so if I'm a little twitchy, that might be why. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm happy to be here, happy to be uh, ready and rolling down this track with the terror train, ready to dish on some horror, some exploitation, and some midnight movies, some genre cinema. So why don't we get this ball rolling? And uh, I'd like to kick it off with miss killer kelly what you been watching baby all right um i watched this one this morning i just kind of stumbled across it on peacock i don't know i've been i noticed it watching wrestlemania which uh, mania <laughs> chris your show was a lot funner to watch honestly i watched i <laughs> i watched both wrestlemanias and your show all on sunday like <laughs> like woke up and it was like a wrestling day <laughs> i know i know but besides that I seen that they had this movie called Escape the Field 2022. Um, it is directed by Emerson Moore. I'm not sure what else he's done. Nothing I've really... Nope, nothing I've noticed before. But um, this movie was basically... You remember the Cube movies? Yeah. This was basically the Cube in a cornfield. <laughs> Like, a bunch of people wake up there, they don't know how they got there, one's wearing, like, a nurse costume, one's kind of like an army guy, you've got this obvious, like, young student named Ethan, and, uh, you know, there's a couple other girls, they've all got random things in their pockets, and, like, as they're trying to get out, there seems to be this weird monster that's just, like, picking them off one by one, dragging them back into the field and killing them and shit. But with these things they got in their pockets all seem to be little pieces to these puzzles that are taking them further into this cornfield. And, like, it starts shifting around kind of mechanically. So it is. It's basically like the cube in a cornfield. That's the best way I could, I could explain this movie. Um, It wasn't awesome, but it, it definitely wasn't bad. It had a lot of, like, <laughs> kind of cheap kind of sci-fi channel effects. There was a few, like ba some bad CGI, but I mean, it, it was a decent watch. This was 2022. Um, I don't know. I'd probably give it a two and a half, three. Two and a half, three. Like sounds a, legit. Yeah, it's sounds average, like a, you know? Yeah, it sounds a like an uh, interesting film. What was the name of it again? Escape the Field. Escape the Field. And it's, it's on Peacock. Paramount Plus, you said? No, Peacock. Peacock. See? Yep. Get the cock peeing. Mm -hmm. It sounds a lot like that Stephen King one I watched that was on Netflix at, in the tall grass, I think it was called. That one yes. is the way better movie. If you're going to take two movies that both take place in a cornfield, 
like because it was similar at first but the, it's really not at all in the tall grass is the far superior movie out of the two though yeah, i like that one yeah that was I good one you watched. Mm-hmm. what i i like about in the tall grass is that it's based on an extremely short story that both uh stephen king and his son co-wrote together like on an airplane ride um, so I thought that was really interesting. And the book is, you know, literally like this thick. It's like about as thin as a comic book. Uh, and I was excited to see what they did with it. And of course, since it is very little to go on, uh, they added some to it. And uh, they, uh, yeah, that film turned out really well uh, in the tall grass. But uh, yeah, cool. Very cool. You know, uh, escape, escape. What was it again? Escape the field. Escape the field. There was Escape one the scene field. where the dude went to like kick this other guy. <laughs> he, it was so ridiculously unnecessary. Like the dude flew like up and over the cornfield. I'm like, what? <laughs> it didn't really explain that much. It was pretty stupid and I giggled a lot, but it, it was cheesy, but it was a decent flick. Decent flick. Good to hear. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Ruthless. Mr. Ruthless Chris, what do you got first up for us? Uh, so recently on Peacock, they just added Knock at the Cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, I had waited to watch this uh, just because Shyamalama's movies have really not been landing with me um, much. Mm. Uh, I really didn't enjoy old. No, uh, no. Um, the Lady in the Water, or The Village, any of that shit. I liked Signs. I liked uh, Unbreakable. Um, Split was cool. Um, Split was cool. Last sucked. Uh, so I decided not to. I decided to wait to see this one and not see it in theaters. Wait for it to come home and streaming. And I'm kind of wish I would have saw it in theaters. This I actually really liked this one. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. One of the things I really enjoyed about it is that he didn't go for his "I have to have a twist" at the end, um, which I think was what has sabotaged his career. After he did it so well in the beginning, he was just like, "Well, that's how we do it now. We're just gonna have a twist and everything." And he didn't have a twist in this. Well, I mean, the, the story itself is twisting, um, it, but it's, it's told a little bit more straightforward. Um, you have a, a couple that goes with their, their daughter to a vacation, uh, like a cabin in the woods, um, and four strangers show up. Uh, they have all these really weird homemade weapons, and they demand to come in, and they say that uh, the apocalypse is coming. One of you guys, you guys are going to have to make a difficult decision. One of you guys are going to have to sacrifice yourself to stop the apocalypse. That's where it goes from there. Uh, this was pretty good, man. Um, one of the things I was really impressed with was Batista's acting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I, I grew up watching wrestling and he was not great on a microphone. You know, like it was it was very ham fisted. But <laughs> in this, like. Like there was like this huge range of emotions, like because the, the character himself uh, is very large, brooding, and intimidating, but he's actually like a sweetheart, and you can tell that he really doesn't want to be doing what he's doing, and it, like there's a huge inner conflict going on that he does a really good job of portraying on screen. So I was really, I was really impressed with the movie to begin with. I was impressed with Batista in it. Um, I thought it was pretty lean. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I gave it three and a half stars. Um, mm-hmm. You can watch it on Peacock right now. Uh, I'll probably this is probably one of the ones I'll actually watch again. Um, and it's been a long time since I'd say that about. A Shyamalama Dewey movie. So yeah, yeah. Cat- no, I also watched this movie. I was gonna talk about it, not realizing you watched it too. But I, I got another. I got more up my sleeve. But I feel the same way about this one. Although I did kind of call from the very get go who those people were. I was like, oh, and I like smacked Ethan. I was like, but, but I'm not gonna give it away here. I thought it was slightly predictable in that sense. If you know anything about 
you know, end times or like the apocalypse or, you know, um, stories of it at least. But yeah, I give it a three and a half too. This was really good. And Batista was great in it. It was, there was some decent like kill scenes. It kept you on the edge of your seat. Three and a half for sure. This is one of my more favorite M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan, Shyamalan. Shyamalan. I know I was saying like Shyamalan, you know, but it's like, I think it's M. Night Shyamalan. I think it's Shyamalan. I've always been bad with his name. That's why I always just kind of Shyamalan, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of disrespectful <laughs> and I should probably stop doing that. But hey, yes, it's probably one of my favorite favorites of his. Very cool. Well, I'll have to check that one out as well. I don't have the cock that pees, the peacock, but uh, who knows? Maybe I'll get it <laughs> just so I can watch the Shamalama Ding Dong new film, Cabin in the Woods. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Knock at the cabin. Knock, at, Knock the cabin. at the cabin. Okay, I'm getting so many cabins. There's so many cabins. Lots of cabins. Yeah. Lots of cabins. Don't go Lots to cabins. <laughs> That's what I've learned yeah. from movies. Or fields, cornfields. There doesn't seem to be anything good coming from cornfields either. Right, definitely not children of the corn movies. That's for sure. No, not escape the field, not tall grass. None of them. <laughs> yeah, thumbs down. Thumbs down for cabins and fields. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make the keep this terror train a rolling down the tracks. And the first uh, <laughs> film I'm gonna talk about uh, only has dashes of horror in it. It is. Uh, I've watched a lot of bizarre movies in my life, and this is definitely one of. The, those weird <laughs> movies um this is a 1981 film uh it is by legendary italian exploitation filmmaker jess franco and it's called sex is crazy uh original title el sexo esta loca loco <laughs> and uh you know when you throw everything at the wall including aliens and espionage and Satan worshiping and uh yeah there's a lot going on very little clothes but uh yeah it's softcore sexploitation at its weirdest um in it you get a bizarre comedy uh story revolves around a stage show that has aliens kidnapping earth women and making them pregnant so they can give birth to 600 babies an hour However, some wow. real aliens see the show and decide that it's all very a good idea. It's a very good idea, but somehow they're, they're, it twists. It's very meta at times because there's a show, but then a show is being filmed, and then the aliens come. Yeah, there's also like, I'm not sure if they're supposed to be real monsters or real demons, but just naked people wearing like um, Halloween masks. And I'm sure in 1981, these Halloween masks they're they're horrible looking. Um, but it just lots of naked people, lots of nudity, um, very little gore. Uh, you do see, uh, I think at least one murder because there's like this sat satanic cult, uh, sacrifice scene, which I don't know. It do doesn't make any sense, but it's a Jess Franco film and it's probably one of his weirder films. But, uh, as far as like softcore sexploitation, uh, films go, um, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I uh, it, it held my attention definitely. I gave it a three and a half just for being so bizarre. Um, yeah, it's called Sex is Crazy. I don't think it's available on streaming anywhere. Uh, but she, I picked up the Blu-ray from Severn Films during their uh, Black Friday sale uh, just because with a title like that 
and Jess Franco, I couldn't say no. I had to say, I had to see what it was, and I'm glad that I did. And I will probably watch it again. That's why I went with three and a half. Um, if you've seen Ed Wood's Orgy of the Dead, it kind of reminded me of that. Oh Lord, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like weirder and Italian. <laughs> Um, yeah, so not really horror, but uh, definitely weird. Exploitation <laughs> counts. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, uh, I would say yes. Sexploitation, softcore sexploitation from the early 80s, and it's Italian. Come on now. And Jess Franco, it's Jess Franco, you know. That counts. <laughs> it counts. <laughs> well, count it. <laughs> um, anyways, let's keep the train rolling. Killer Kelly, what you got next, baby doll? Um, Yellow Jackets season two has come out. I have been, I've rewatched all of the first season because it's been a while since it was on. So I, you know, caught myself back up and I'm like obsessed with that show right now. It's fucking awesome. In season two, I don't, well, let me catch you up on season one for the people that might, um, you know, a bunch of girls get into a plane crash. What? I wouldn't do spoilers though. No, no spoilers. A bunch of girls are in a plane crash. You know, they're on an island. They're, um, it's a series on Showtime starring Juliette Lewis, Christina Ricci. Uh, who else is in this? Those are the two big names. But yeah, um, a team of soccer players. They're on their way to an international event. They get into a plane crash and they get stranded in some woods. They're there for like a year or two and shit gets weird. They keep alluding to some sort of what they had to do to survive. Um, Juliette Lewis and Christina Ricci plays the older older versions of their younger self because they were all teenagers on the island so a lot of this is flashing back and forth to present day and what they went through on the island um the whole thing is basically based around what did these girls actually do on that island so really it's just like unfolding throughout the series and you know there's a there is an element of cannibalism obviously um, there's also, I like how they're bringing in elements, like there's like a super, supernatural thing kind of going in the first one. And where second season starts, they kind of build on that a little bit more, what's going on with that. And um, they also start with how the cannibalism start started while they were stranded in the, in the woods. So that's starting within the first, I'm only, there's only two episodes out of season two so far. They're not like um releasing it all at once it's just episode for episode but um they are also bringing a lot bringing on elijah wood and in, into this one which i'm excited about i love elijah wood i've been uh I've, i think i've had a crush on that dude since free willy <laughs> <laughs> fucking love elijah wood but um yeah i really like his character out it too it's good, dude. Just watch it. I'm I'm obsessed with this series right now, and I just can't wait till the fucking third episode of season two comes out. I don't I don't have a. I, it's really hard to talk about this one without giving like key things away because there is a lot going on with like in each girl's like personal lives, and it all kind of plays off of each other. It, it's really good. I give this series at least a four, four and a half. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, I've been very interested in checking it out. I haven't mm-hmm. checked it out yet. Um, but upon that review, I think I might have to kick that into high gear. Yeah, uh, it's looking and, great. And, and roll with it. Roll with those yellow jackets. Uh, I think that would be thoroughly enjoyable from everything you said. Sounds like something I would like. 
Um, you, by your reaction, Ruthless Chris, it sounds like you've... Uh, have you been watching this too or no? Yeah, um, I've watched uh, up to the first episode of the new season. I haven't seen the second one yet. Um, I back Kelly's sentiment. Uh, one thing I will point out that um, this, this has like more... It's, it's very non-linear in its storytelling. Um, mm -hmm. It, it kind of just gives you puzzle pieces, and that's like a lot of like what really draws you into it. But not only that, like the stuff they allude to and the stuff that they build to, and it has like a weird like punk rock energy to it. It um, does, it, like uh, soundtrack wise, and, like a feeling to it, uh, and it always has like this this creeping dread, even when like there's not a lot going on. Um, I think it's one of the better series going right now. I was really excited for it to return. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I definitely mirror Kelly's sentiment with it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I, it. It is probably my favorite series that's out right now. For sure. Sweet. I like I it. I love it. Give me more of it, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's keep rolling down these tracks. Uh, Ruthless Chris, what have you got for the people in real vile land? Uh, so the next one is a infamous video nasty that I was never able to find up until recently. It was uh, one of those ones where you only heard whispers of it. It was supposed to be the craziest movie ever. And, you know, the VHS was impossible to find. And I was. A... <sighs> it's a video nasty and it's making him sick to his stomach. <laughs> just thinking about how gross it is. It's a video nasty doo doo, and it's making ruthless Chris sick to his stomach just thinking about how nasty it is. Nasty, nasty. You get a little song, you get a little dance, you get a little vomit on your pants. Doo doo, cause it's a video nasty, nasty, video nasty, nasty. There you go. Get in on this song and dance, baby. <laughs> video nasty nasty so like i was saying <laughs> uh, i watched an infamous video nasty um i remember hearing rumors of this back when i was collecting vhs of this being like the craziest most hardcore movie ever and it was impossible to find so that that stereotype of it that that reputation of it was always like um perpetuated because no one could see it you know and it was described as like the August Underground of the 70s. And that's uh, Last House on Dead End Street. I ended up okay. finding a copy of this finally. I watched it for the first time. It's by uh, it's written and starring and directed by Roger Wilkins. Um, uh, it, it lived up to its reputation mostly. Like uh, for the era it came out, you could see how this would really shock the shit out of some people. Um, the gore is very realistically done. Uh, what you have here is a uh, guy fresh out of prison. He's a filmmaker, and he decides that he's going to make a horror movie, but all the murder is going to be real. And he uh, recruits all these actors, and you know, some of them are murdering off, but other of them like kind of turn into this like cult that's helping them out. Um, the gore is really extreme in this thing for a '70s movie. Um, and it has this really cool soundtrack that makes the whole thing like really feel like off and dirty and wonky. Like it, it, it feels like you shouldn't be watching it. You know, um, it has that cool like vibe to it. Uh, all in all, I actually really had a good time with it. Um, it's definitely not for everybody. Like this is the kind of movie for people that do enjoy movies like 
August Underground or Man Bites Dog or Golden Glove or something that's like more on the extreme end of things. Uh, angst. Um, I, I'd give this thing four out of five. Um, it's a gnarly video. I ended up uh, getting a bootleg for like 11 bucks off the internet. Uh, but yeah, I'd, if you're curious about it, I'd give it a watch because it, it definitely, uh, it was definitely uh, a lot better done than i thought it was going to be realism wise uh so it's a good flick uh definitely check it out sweet sounds like a good time for all to have uh i i feel like i was getting it confused with a different movie when we talked about it a while back because the description you gave uh, doesn't sound like anything like the movie that i was thinking of um and i'm trying to figure out what movie that was it wasn't last house on the left um, trying to figure it out. What 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 did you think it was about? That's what I'm trying to. Th oh, house on the edge of the park. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, the the giallo. Yes, yes. I was thinking it was house on the edge of the park that we were talking about. That's why I was like, eh, it's okay. It's not that as a you know brutal as everybody says. But you were talking about last house on dead end dead end street. Is that it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. From uh, 1973. Yes. And yeah, for okay. a, a movie from 73, it is uh, uh, very graphic. Like, you okay. know, like intestines being ripped out, screw, yeah. screwdriver or screw gun shit, uh, a lot of stabbing shit like that. And uh, they, they do make it real, real realistic. And you got this just like a bootleg off of eBay, you said? Um. So, uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about it, so I decided to like look it up online, see if I like maybe like Severin or Synapse or something put it out because it seems like something that they would do or like vinegar. It definitely feels like a vinegar syndrome movie, uh, but they didn't. But there's like a a bootleg site. I didn't know it was a bootleg site when I first started buying it from them. It's the same site that Kelly and I got our copy of Watchers from, and I got a copy oh, of that yeah. Jeff Goldblum uh, Satan movie, Mister Frost. Oh yeah, uh, that's, yeah. But like shipped. Uh, it was 11 bucks and you know they give you the artwork and they actually print on the disc but it is a burnt disc so it was worth it for the 11 bucks it's a really hard movie to find sweet yeah very, i'm very familiar cool. with this movie i haven't seen it though watch now i definitely want to watch it yeah i'm i'm glad you added some clarification for me as well because now i want to hunt down this movie or i would like to see one of those boutique labels like vinegar syndrome or synapse or so on and so forth uh put out a, a collector's edition blu-ray of this that would be ideal because yeah. you know whenever they do that usually it turns up on streaming services shortly thereafter too um for yeah. those people that don't want to spend the money on a physical copy but uh you know, everything usually everything usually ends up on one of those boutique labels eventually. Um, but that's very cool. Uh, I'm glad to hear about that. Uh, how many stars would you say? Four out of five. Four out of five. That is impressive. Uh, I I'm going to keep this terror train going, and I'm going to once again. You know, I know the last film I talked about was a sexploitation film. I'm going to keep it rolling with another film that doesn't necessarily fall into uh, horror specifically, but it is a uh, genre film, definitely, because it is a 1973 uh, war uh, comedy drama with gore directed by Dario Argento. And it's called The Five Days. Um, yeah, it, it takes place in 1848 Milan. And it, it 
It's about a thief and a baker who witnessed the chaotic final days of the Italian Revolution. And it doesn't sound like anything that you would expect from Dario Argento at all. Uh, but after watching it, it might be one of my favorite films by him because uh, it, it has a much more linear narrative than any of his other films. Uh, and it is funny. Uh, and I don't think I've ever seen him really use comedy in any of his other films, you know, uh, or at least not prominently. Not intentionally, at least. Yeah. 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 yeah not intentionally. Um, there, you know, uh, if you're a fan of boobs, there's plenty of boobs and there is some gore. There's definitely some blood here and there spattered about because, you know, it's the Italian Revolution, whatever. People are going to get stabbed and shot and stuff. Uh, but, you know, the, the writers, I mean, it's Daryl Argento once again, Luigi Cozy. You know, this whole thing is, is kind of just like one of those films, of course, nobody's ever heard of. And I was uh, definitely interested when Severin Films put out a 4K UHD disc of it. I was like, well, it's Dario Argento. <laughs> Either it's going to be, um, either it's going to be beautiful, uh, and really weird, or, uh, at the very least it's going to be entertaining. And this was incredibly entertaining to the point that, yeah, I think it's might be one of my favorite Argento films now, just because it, it was definitely nothing I was expecting at all, you know, no sort of grandiose scores, no sort of. Uh, none of the aspects of his films that he's known for, you know, those those sharp color palettes or deep red blood or black-gloved killers or, you know, elements that didn't fit in anywhere. It, there was none of none of that, none of those things that you expect from Argento film. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to give uh, the five days, uh, I'll give it three and a half stars. And... Uh, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but if you're interested in checking it out, it is available through Severn Films, uh, and they've got a 4K UHD version of this, so blow your minds on that shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you guys ever heard of this one, or no? I don't. I've never seen it. No. I don't think I did No. What was, this, what was the name of this one? The Five Days. Nope. Not familiar. Yeah, I've never... I've never even heard of it, and mm -hmm. I, I'd like to think that I've seen a vast majority of his his movies. You know, I was always a big Argento fan. Even I can even find redeeming stuff in like a lot of his later work that people are like shitting on. Um, uh, you know, like uh, <coughs> with the uh, not intentional comedy, I can only point out the. Uh, if, have you guys seen Dracula 3D? I have not. Oh, no. I kind of, I kind of want to, <laughs> but like you said, everybody shit on it. And so oh, I you'll, didn't... you'll have a good time, but like there's a scene where a man turns into a giant CGI mantis and bum rushes another guy in a hallway. It is the most hilarious thing you'd ever see. So like that's what I meant by unintentional comedy by Dario. But uh, I would definitely be interested in uh, in seeing this, checking it out. Very very cool. Yeah, check it out if you get a chance. But uh, yeah, let's keep this terror train rolling, 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 yeah. rolling. And Killer Kelly, what have you got to talk? Um, I'm going to talk about the second one because I really enjoyed the first one. And you said before, Jerm, you're not a big fan of like found footage movies. But did you see Horror in the High Desert? I have not. Well, 
It's a good one. Um, I'm going to talk about the second one. This one just came out. It's uh, Horror in the High Desert 2, Minerva. Uh, same writer and director, Dutch Merrick, I believe. But it's kind of, it, it's filmed the exact same way. Like, it's a documentary using found footage to tell the story of what happened. It's, um, this one, people are going missing on the same, like, strip of highway in Nevada where the first one take, took place. And, um, like, one's a girl, she's a college student who had a trailer out there. She's got all these, like, videos of herself and shit starts getting a little weird. Um... And, like, the thing is, you don't know if this one's related to the first one. Like, that's the big question. Like, is, are all these incidents related? I like this one a lot. They take um, they take on more of, like, a legend or, like, lore sort of perspective with it than the first one did. And it, it's, it's interesting. It kind of... I think this one's just as good. I don't... There's not a lot. I don't want to say a lot. I mean, it's really slow and atmospheric. It does have, like, a creep factor to it. I watched it in the daytime, and I do definitely want to watch it again at night, you know? Because I feel like it, it's that sort of atmospheric movie. But, yeah. I don't know. I would... I'd, if, you, if you liked the first one, then you'll definitely like this one. If you hated the first one, I don't know, maybe give it a try, but you probably won't like it. You know, I, I'd give it about a three and a half. It's good. Yeah. Very it's, similar. It's it, haunted on the high desert or what? Horror horror in the high desert. Horror two. in the high desert too. Okay. And they definitely let off in a way where I believe this is going to be a trilogy. I think. Oh, so, yeah. Very, very cool. And is it streaming anywhere? Uh, Tubi and I believe Prime. Double check on that. Sweet. Uh, I, I've not seen this one. Kelly and I actually tried to watch a little bit of it last night, but we yeah. were barbecuing and there was a bunch of talking and shit going on. So we yeah. ended up scrapping it. But uh, I watched the first one after Kelly recommended it. And I was actually really impressed with it. You know, it had mm -hmm. a really shitty cover and a really yeah. bad name, Horror in the High Desert. But uh, it ended up being a pretty good found footage movie. So I'm definitely going to check this, this, uh, this second one out. I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, definitely do. Definitely do. I think you'd like it. If, like I said, if you like the first, you'll like this one. They're very similar, but this one, the lore aspect is what makes them different. And I really like it. Well, that's oh, good to know, because I know that like if something has terrible artwork or a stupid name, I'm pretty unlikely to check it out. But if you're suggesting it, I, mm -hmm. I will. Yeah, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a spin, especially for free on Tubi. Yeah. Go wrong with that. Absolutely. Uh, how many stars did you say? I'd say three and a half. Three and, a half. three and a half yeah i like it i love it give me more of it yeah. all right holy guacamole you're up next <laughs> mr suplexer system self give it to us uh so i started actually i actually blew through this whole series uh real fast uh it's called swarm it's a hulu original uh it's only seven episodes and the episodes are only a half hour each so it's uh it's a pretty easy pill to swallow um this is Donald Glover's new show that he did after uh, Atlanta. So if you've ever watched Atlanta, it's got like a kind of really weird sensibility that Atlanta did. But uh, every episode starts with this is not a work of fiction. Um, if this is uh, anything that's based on real life was intentional. And what it's it's a fictional account based on this woman who used to stalk Beyonce. But in this show, it's a, that they made a new pop star. His name's Nyjah. And this, this girl's a super fan and her and her sister are super fans and her sister dies and she kind of like goes off the deep end. And uh, each episode subsequently um, 
is like her tracking down people that are bad mouthing this pop star and murdering them. So it's like, it's like the, it. the only time I can think of, and I'm sure there's other examples, but I really can't think off the top of my head of, of a, a, a black serial killer, a black female serial killer uh, show. And it's a really interesting perspective. Um, you know, it's, it's told all from her point of view and she's pretty crazy. So it's, she's not really like a likable protagonist, but you're kind of following her. And uh, as she's kind of like deadly going down this rabbit hole of fandom, um, it's called Swarm because the the Nyjah fans call themselves the Hive. And if you fuck with the Hive, you get stung by the bees, the, the fans of the bees. Um, I really liked this one. Uh, it was cool. Like I said, it, it was really easy to digest. It was like 30 minutes. I blew through it in like two days. Um, it, it definitely keeps you watching. Um, it's pretty bloody and gory. Um, a lot of bludgeonings and stuff like that. Um one of the weird things was uh, Billy Eilish shows up as a cult leader in it. Oh, and she was actually really fucking good. Like, like she's a great actress. I was really surprised because the the role she was playing was kind of like um, like a toned down version of the cult uh, leader in Mandy. You know, like just like this uh, like weird dark hippie kind of thing. Uh, all in all, it was a great show. I'd highly recommend it. I gave it four stars. Um, I oh, yeah. blew right through it. Definitely, definitely would recommend it. It's, uh, it's on Hulu. So, yeah, it's warm. Yeah, I have that in my watch list. I've been meaning to check that out. And Billie Eilish, like, she's got the eyes of somebody that could be a cult leader. I could totally see that. Here, like, the, that, like, light ice blue color, yeah. you know? The, the one thing I will say, though, is um, give this two episodes before you judge it, because the setup episode, the first, uh, the first one doesn't really show you what the show's gonna be beyond that. It's, like, more like establishing the characters and who they are so like watch two episodes and then decide on the series but I, yeah i highly recommend it um not to be that guy but it's actually streaming on amazon prime not hulu oh shit i'm sorry you're right you're right um <laughs> and it is an excellent series though uh seven episodes it's a quick watch it's an easy watch because like you said that intro draws you in to begin with this is based on true that everything about this is true it's intentional um which i loved and then um the characters just to have a realistic afrocentric uh cast where uh you don't feel like it's shoehorned in you don't feel like the representation is shoehorned in is is really uh, a smart way to do it and uh yeah i i love this i love this show from beginning to end uh it kept me uh captivated and also like you said you i can't think of a single film where you see a uh, a black female uh serial killer like this and uh i mean the closest thing is uh, that movie came out a few years ago is it called mama i think or yeah i was gonna say ma that's the only ma, one i was thinking yeah. but i couldn't remember or not if she was a serial killer in that i knew she was up to something but i don't remember the uh yeah i, I never saw ma so i, I wasn't sure. uh, it wasn't bad i didn't hate it i heard it's not yeah. not not bad but i just yeah. never got, you know movies slip through the cracks so many come out you know mm -hmm. yeah um yeah i mean that's the closest thing uh that would have a character of that demographic playing um a serial killer or a killer but this is totally different because i i feel like swarm since you know like he repeatedly says 
is based on real people, <laughs> you know, and all coincidences are intentional. Uh, it feels more realistic and it feels like how obsessive people can get. And you can tell that uh, the main character is somewhere on the spectrum, even though they don't talk about it, uh, which I, I think is, you know, another another box to check on the 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 realism, you know, because uh, people on the spectrum can become obsessive and a normal. Uh, I don't want to say normal Nero. What do you call it? Nero normal uh, you know what i'm trying to say right Neuro i know what you're trying to say but i'm not neurodivergent I, w I was gonna say that but i was like i could be completely wrong i don't know but anyway <laughs> uh, anybody can be obsessive but it's it's different how they portray it in swarm and i really enjoyed it yeah four stars as well um kelly did you say you had checked this out here or no no it's in my watch list i've been meaning to i think i started an episode but it was also cleaning and i was like no i'm gonna revisit this when i can actually give it the attention it deserves you know but yeah i definitely been meaning to watch this the other cool thing about it is uh there is some dark humor involved in all the episodes but it doesn't feel like like it takes away from the episode or like shoehorned in it feels really natural but there's some parts that like uh germano talk about like when when she leaves the party after the one incident and there's the two bus boys just out back like having lunch and they mistake her for like you know who that was. And they it was, just, and then like the credits roll, and it's just them like sitting there eating lunch outside this big Hollywood party. You know, there's some funny stuff in there. But yeah, it was, and you can definitely tell the uh, the the Naja character is definitely based on Beyonce. And then there's a Jay Z character go, goes by Cash A. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting show. Uh, cool, very cool. Yeah, definitely uh, recommend Swarm. And to keep this terror train rolling down the tracks, I got one last movie to talk about. It is a very, very bizarre movie that I knew was going to be weird going into it, just from the premise. Um, it is 2016's Blood on Melee's Moon. Uh, this is directed by Luigi Cozy, and if you're familiar with his work, uh, everything he does is extremely strange and... Uh, and it's funny because they refer to him as the Ed Wood of Italy and um, or the Italian Ed Wood. And in this movie, uh, he plays himself and there's a part, part in the film where he wakes up from a nightmare and he's concerned with the fact that they call him the Italian Ed Wood. But then he talks himself out of it by saying, well, maybe Tim Burton will make a movie about me and I could play myself. Oh, this is a great idea. I love being the Italian head wood. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the movie uh, is about like in France, 1890, the inventor Louis de Prince vanishes under mysterious circumstances right after he created a device that five years later uh lumina brothers uh will call the cinematographer but then like there's magic and there's time travel and there um there's all kinds of uh, like it's so hard to categorize i would you know there's times where it's definitely a comedy there's times mm -hmm. when it's definitely more of a fantasy film uh if you've seen um uh, Fulci's Cat in the Brain. Okay, okay. It's mostly about him. It's mostly about Fulci trying to write a movie, but he, uh, there's a cat in his brain, and it's very meta. 
Uh, this feels like if uh, Luigi Cosi did a sort of meta film about him trying to make a movie because everybody's in it. Uh, Arteria, um, Argento makes a cameo. Uh, like all these amazing uh, Italian genre filmmakers have a cameo. And the funny thing is uh, Cozy runs a horror themed uh, store in Italy called Profondo Rosso. And in the basement is a uh, Argento museum. And that plays a part in the movie. <laughs> he like did everything he could not to spend a lot of money and it shows. And that's the only reason I give it a two and a half stars because I feel like if it had a bigger budget, it would have been amazing. But it has, you could tell it's got a very small budget and it's filmed over the course of two years. So there are some inconsistencies. Like the director plays himself as the main character. And he's, there's one scene where he's easily like 260, 270 pounds. And then in the very next scene, He's about 220 pounds and he actually, uh, at first I'm like, oh my God, are they really going to do this? And then he addresses it. He's like, oh my goodness, I must've eaten some bad muscles because I've been on the toilet for so long and I lost so much weight. I'm like, it's legit. At least he addressed that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you can get your hands on a copy of Blood on Melee's Moon, uh yeah i suggest it it's on um seven seven films uh sister label intervision and that should have tipped me off right there it's going to be super low budget <laughs> uh yeah yeah it was the, that's on intravision is guaranteed to be be like a five dollar budget movie yeah yeah <laughs> but it's got an interesting concept and if you're a fan of italian genre film it's definitely worth a watch uh just because of all the cameos and all the references um is this for everybody definitely not you gotta be a big uh italian film nerd to appreciate this um luckily i am enough of one to to give it two and a half stars uh and once again, I don't think this is streaming anywhere yet. I'm sure it will be eventually. Uh, but Blood on Melee's Moon, if you want to watch some weird genre-bending, time-space, very low-budget movie <laughs> by Luigi Cozy. Um, uh, have you either of you guys heard of this or no? no? I've heard. I don't know. No, maybe not. Sounds familiar, but probably not. No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but it sounds like it's up my alley. As you know, I yeah. like my dog shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's the, you know, like, I, like I was saying earlier, I think if it had a bigger budget, it's just got such a big concept that for this budget didn't really, didn't really work. And I think that there are some great ideas and some really cool effects that did pull off with a tiny budget. Um, mainly because there's a one of the characters is like a, a french uh um special effects artist and that's actually who did the special effects in the film and he did some uh, really cool animated sequences in here that make you think of like um uh, adventures of baron Munchausen or like some er early terry gilliam um animation from uh monty python uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, there's definitely some interesting things here. If it had a bigger budget, I'd give it a bigger score. But two and a half, 
uh, on Severn Films, Intervision Films. Hell yeah. Uh, before we get into American Psycho, uh, did anybody else have anything else they wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about one more. Um, I'll make it real brief because it's been talked about on here before. Uh, but I finally got around to checking out Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd been very apprehensive about watching it because it just didn't look like a movie I would enjoy. It kind of just looked like douchebags being douchebags, which it was. It was. <laughs> uh, which it was, but that actually was part of the charm of the movie. Um, luckily, I thought somebody had ruined the ending for this thing for me, and they didn't. Uh, it was not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. It, uh, uh, one of the things that really did well was it had like a lot of tension. Like it was a super tension filled movie. Um, and uh, uh, the the director has never done like a horror movie before. But uh, what's her name? Uh, Helena Rajan. Uh, she did a fantastic job. Like you'd think that she'd been directing horror movies all her life. Uh, but there's some good gore in this. Uh, there's uh, it, it definitely keeps you guessing. It's a bit of a whodunit. Um, I was, I'm glad that, uh, you guys were persistent in telling me to check it out and that it was actually good. Cause there, nothing about this movie appealed to me when I first saw like trailers or anything for it. And, uh, so yeah, I think it's, uh, it's streaming on uh prime now. Uh, so when they saw it put up and I was looking for something to watch, I was like, fuck it, I'll give it a whirl. So I actually ended up giving it four stars. I really liked it. So yeah, I yeah, recommend bodies, 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 real fun, real colorful. I liked the pace of that one a lot. It had a lot of surprises and twists. Yeah, it was it was better than I thought it was going to be. Absolutely, and also funny. Yeah, yeah it was funny. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said. And uh, you know, I think the aspect that made you know that there was going to be more to it is that it was an A twenty four film. You yeah. know, because when you see the trailer, you're like, "Oh, it's a bunch of stupid douchebags," and I have no interest in this. But then, when you see it's an A24 film, you knew that there had to be more to it, mm -hmm. and there was, uh, yes. thankfully. Uh, yeah, and I, I loved it too. Uh, what do you say? Four stars? Four. Yeah, yeah I really four. liked it. Yeah, I'll probably actually give it a second viewing now that I know what's going on to like kind of reassess yeah, the the what yeah. you. Because the ending kind of changes everything. It's one of those movies. Uh, mm -hmm. so they, it makes you like think back everything that happened before and like like do the pieces all fit and uh, they do. But I want to I want to check it out uh, again now. I never thought it'd be one of those movies where I thought it'd be one of those things where like all right I watched it it was okay but not like hey I'm gonna watch it again you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah no I'd I'd totally watch it again actually I'm glad glad to know it's streaming I think I rented it last time I watched it. Hell yeah. Very, very cool, cool. Uh, Kelly, anything else before we take a trip to Spoiler Town with American Psycho? Um, nope, I think I'm good. I had a, I had a week. <laughs> She's totally a week. understandable. It happens. <laughs> mm -hmm. It happens sometimes. We all have weeks, right? We all have months. We all have years. God damn it, right? There was a pandemic. Sometimes it just feels like life's pissing on you, you know, and you just got to roll with those punches. That's, that's about, that's where it's at. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> There's a joke there I'd rather not say on uh, on the air. <laughs> that's okay. maybe, we'll, maybe we'll joke about it at a later date when it's not so... Uh, Fresh. So <laughs> Fresh. When the, when the, you suck When you don't have such a, a fresh stain of emotion, you know? <laughs> absolutely Let, yeah time heals all wounds 
Anyways, we're going to take a pit stop from the terror train to get on the next train that's going straight to Spoiler Town. Spoiler Town, Spoiler Town. Let's go to Spoiler Town with the year 2000, the crime drama horror female directed by Mary Heron, uh, American Psycho. And now for our feature presentation. Ooh la la, c'est la vie. This was a lot of fun for you and for me. I can't get enough of this film. I saw it in the theater in 2000 when it first came out. It's very indicative of the time, I feel like, with the lighting and cinematography. Uh, but if you're not familiar with the movie, uh, it's a wealthy New York investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, played by uh, Christian Bale. Uh, hides his alternate psychopathic ego from his co-workers and friends as he delves in deeper into his violent hedonistic fantasies oh who wants to start off this baby uh i'll start it off um so this is a movie i've, I've seen a lot but it'd been like 10 years since i've watched it um i saw yeah, it in theaters when it came out and i had an old vhs i used to watch it a bunch um watching it now that i'm older uh it was a completely different flick to me. Um, uh, there was a lot more of the subtext I was picking up. Uh, the, the ending really confused me at first uh, when I was younger. Uh, now I feel like I understand it a lot more. Um, it's it's a definitely a great Christian Bale role. Um, the the yeah. the the nightlife and the 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 world it inhabits is like really fun to be in too. Like uh, these. These douchey execs are just worried about restaurant uh, reservations and they're riding around in limos to great soundtrack music and doing cocaines and bathrooms yeah. while girls Dang dance at Depeche Mode and stuff. You know, it's a, it's a it's it's a fun world to, to live in. You know, for for the character. You know. Yeah, I. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> I remember when I first saw it, I didn't pick up on any of the subtext. I didn't pick up on any of the allegory. I just thought it was like a badass sort of tough guy bullshit. And, yeah. uh, you know, I walked away from it with, with that, you know, cool gore, chainsaws, cutting shit up, blah, blah, blah. You know, and like you said, rewatching it 23, la 23 years later, uh, it's a whole different movie. <laughs> and it's uh, extremely smart, extremely well done. Uh, you know, the intelligence that it has is not celebrated enough. Uh, Kelly, any thoughts you want to jump in? Um, yeah, I mean, you guys are basically saying everything that I would honestly say about it, too. It is a completely different movie watching it 10 years later from when I did before. Like, it's a lot deeper than I ever remembered it being, you know? Um, and that restaurant, what is it, the Doria or whatever? Dorcia. Dorcia. They never, they never end up going there. He nah. makes reserv fake reservations for that place and talks about it throughout the entire movie, but he never has a. I noticed that, but yeah, it, it is a completely different and a lot more meaningful of a movie than I remembered it being. I think one of the things that at least I picked up, and I'm hoping I'm I'm understanding this correctly, the reason that the movie becomes where it feels like a twisted reality is because it's being told by an unreliable narrator. You know, it's being told by a psychopath and who himself mm. doesn't have his whole mindset correct in itself. That's why things get a little cartoony at times with like, feed me the cat 
Or like when he yeah. goes to shoot the cop cars and everything explodes, he just looks at his gun like, what the fuck? That makes sense. Um, I didn't look at it from that perspective either. Like it, yeah. But one of the things I think I picked up on this time, and I also may be wrong on this, is um, I think the major psychotic turn happens in the first scenes with the hookers. Because if you notice, he has a good time with them. They go to sleep, and then then it's like, it's not over yet. And that's where things start getting really violent after that. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's where narratively it, it like delves deeper into his psychotic break. And I think that's why it uh, goes into more of a, like a cartoony direction because he's so detached from reality. Also, great performance by Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah the I whole... Go on. Go on with I was Will. just going to say, yeah, the whole cast is amazing, you know? Yeah, I completely forgot that Reese Witherspoon was even in that movie. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's got you know, a, a smaller role, you know? It's got an all-star cast, though, for sure. It really does. And Chloe Sevigny yeah. playing his uh, secretary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a pretty fantastic movie. And uh, one of the, the other uh, allegories I think it was trying to make was like, the thing he kept pounding uh, in was, I want to fit in. And that's why, like, you know, there's the business card scene. And I think that's why they're they're um, always trying to go to these restaurants. And I think that's also why the lawyer doesn't know his name, because they're all like a fucking blur of the same fucking replicated person. Yeah. You know, that's all trying to be the same thing, you know, and, uh, you know, power suits. And one of the things I did pick up on this time is you never actually see him work or any of them do any work. No, um, you see them at the offices, but like when he's in his office, he's listening to, to you know, Lady in Red doing crossword yeah. puzzles. Even in the boardroom scene, they're not doing any work; they're just comparing, you know, business cards. And uh, did you also notice that every every person that was comparing business cards, they were all senior vice presidents of this company? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> vice presidents. No, I, I didn't <laughs> notice that. That's yeah, good. there's so many unique um, idiosyncrasies in the film that you pick up later on. You know what I mean? Like, like everything you just mentioned, and it's so it has such a deeper impact when you can notice those things, and you're not just like, "Oh, fucking badass!" You know, yeah. you you actually appreciate it on a whole different level. Um, you know, and then looking back on it and seeing. You know, uh, that this was Christian Bale's breakthrough role, basically. Like, this is the first time I remember hearing his name or seeing him in anything. Um, and uh, I mean, he was a child, he was in a Steven Spielberg movie starring when he was a kid, Empire of the he? Sun. Yeah, oh, shit. yeah I wouldn't, I, mean, I think this was like his big leading man as an adult, you know. And uh, you know, I the role wasn't even originally uh, offered to him. I think it was originally offered to like Leonardo DiCaprio. Hmm. I could see that. That, yeah. that would have been an interesting, uh, it still would have been good, I'm sure, but Christian Bale was American Psycho of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I'm glad that. Yeah, just give his character from Wolf of Wall Street a knife and you got American Psycho. <laughs> Has DiCaprio ever done a horror role? Shutter Island. Oh, yeah, duh. Okay. I'm sure there's others, but yeah, Shutter Island's the one that comes to mind right off the bat. Yeah. I wasn't really a big fan of Shutter Island just because like I could see the ending coming a mile away. Uh other than that, it was like a pretty good movie, I guess. <laughs> Not to get off topic completely. <laughs> <laughs> DiCaprio flicks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, uh, I mean it is interesting to see how Christian Bale uh landed this role, how he made it his own, and you know, 
it's funny because uh, I believe like another character, another actor that was offered this was uh, Tom Cruise, or at least uh, that was uh, Christian Bale's main influence for the role because he saw uh, Tom Cruise on David Letterman's show in 1993, and you know he seemed uh, intensely friendly. <laughs> But there was like nothing behind his eyes, and that really affected uh, Christian Bale's role in this. And I guess in the book, um, Tom Cruise lives in the same building as Patrick Bateman. And uh, I guess I haven't read the book. I'm just from reading this online. I, uh, yeah. I guess Tom Cruise and Patrick Bateman are in the elevator together, and Patrick Bateman. Uh, refers to uh, the movie Cocktail as bartender. <laughs> I think that's funny, and I feel like I should really read this book because it, it'll probably make me appreciate the film even more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will warn you about the book. It is a gnarly fucking read. Like they really I've took heard. it easy on the the extent of his depravity in the movie. Um, in the book, it is some seriously fucking disturbing shit. That Bateman's up to, but yeah, that that is part of the book, and it's pretty funny. Well, I uh, do one, like... of things, one of the things I wanted to point out, though, that never really that like blew me away watching it as an adult, because well, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't really like watch performances. But that end scene where he's confessing everything to his lawyer, that was some fucking damn fine acting right there. Yeah. Like you know, he really he really put it all out there, went all in on that part, and that that couldn't have been an easy scene to film, and it it really impressed the shit out of me. Yeah, that whole little monologue that he had at that part, like I killed them all. You know, that was gold. Absolutely, homeless people, a dog. <laughs> I just had to kill a whole lot of people. <laughs> a whole lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we uh, we we went back in time and uh, grabbed this one up. And you know, it's it's a good because it's you know us going into spoiler town. There's probably not a lot of people who haven't seen this that listen mm-hmm, to this. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, uh, you know, and there, you know, I'm just I'm scrolling through the these different facts about the movie, and it just goes on and on forever because there's so so much about this movie. You know, uh, like you said, the novel features more disturbing, violent scenes that were not included in the movie, and that's almost hard to believe. But you know, it's great to hear it from you. Besides just reading it here. Uh, Media jokingly described it as an adaptation of the novel written by a misogynist, but it's directed by a feminist. It's such a such a unique film, and I I can't believe, uh, you know, I I would find it hard to believe that too many people haven't seen this film, and I'm surprised that it's not more widely talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's um definitely uh beloved by horror movie fans have seen it but i think it's also passed up by a younger generation you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i can see that they've all probably heard about it but it's it's probably not as popular with the younger generation yeah we were Just more like 90s kids and you know it was perfect for our generation yeah oh definitely you know uh teenagers who grew up with pulp fiction and kids and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know train spotting this fit into our wheelhouse of genre films that you know exhibit like a hyper violent uh atmosphere but 
have a really intriguing story and characters that you want to hear about, you know, and there are so many uh, cult films from that era that get overlooked. And this, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, in 2023, not enough people talk about American Psycho and how smart and well yeah. done it is. Uh, but yeah, I definitely need to keep it going, keep it checking out. I mean, it is streaming everywhere lately. I just saw that uh, it got added to Hulu because I was looking for something to watch on Hulu. Yeah, I think, I think I it's on Tubi too. I think that's myself. where I found it. Yeah. Tubi. I watched Freebie. it on Pluto. It's everywhere. Uh, was it? Uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no excuse not to watch it at this point. <laughs> not yeah. that. I mean, it's, it, it is a unique animal all on its own, even when it comes to like serial killer movies. There's nothing really like it, you know? No, no. Not at all. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'm always a sucker for like '80s pop music. I love the fucking soundtrack. <laughs> I love this. Shit. Oh yeah, like the soundtrack almost plays like a character onto itself in this film. Yeah, because he'll, I mean? he'll go and uh, you know he always talks about there's nothing going on inside of him and he's not feeling these emotions. But the second he talks about music, oh dude, he, he goes into, like deep. this, this like this like deep like inner mo or this deep monologues about like the deeper meanings of the songs and like the feelings it evokes and all that shit it's like the only time he actually shows real emotion you know mm -hmm. besides rage right kind of makes you want to know more like uh about his life patrick bateman's life prior to this prior to being a vice president <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah because, that's like, like a prequel even a book would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, there is because a book. it almost <laughs> with it with it keeps saying that uh, when it keeps saying I just want to fit in, I just want to fit in. It's almost like he was a working class kid, or you know what I mean. That eventually, no, because uh, that at one point Reese Witherspoon's character says, "Your dad owns the company. You can practically do whatever you want," which means that he had to be, you know, just like growing up in privilege, you know. I feel that definitely. Yeah, I, just... I, can, I can see that too with the character. Right. I don't know. Uh, maybe just trying to fit in because he, you know, he's a psychopath, and you know, trying to act human uh, doesn't really come too easily, you know. Uh, and then, like, uh, there's a scene where he just has uh, like hardcore porn going on in the background, like it's a regular movie or, you know, there's another scene with Texas Chainsaw Massacre playing in the background mm -hmm. and it's no big deal. <laughs> I actually, I actually think that the Texas Chainsaw scene, uh, led into the, like the psychosis scene of him killing the, the, um, hookers with the chainsaw. I don't think any of that really happened. There was, oh, yeah. because the bodies weren't there when he went back, the, the, why would he yeah. have a chainsaw in the, in his room? Or in a in a yuppie loft. Um, why was no one answering the door when she's screaming? He's run down. I think that was after his mental break, and I, I think all that happened in his mind. It was implanted by his subconscious Texas chainsaw. You know. Hmm. I didn't even. I think also have thrown a. I have to go return some tapes into my lexicon ever since. <laughs> I have yeah, to there's so many so many quotable lines, and there's uh, <laughs> so many smart ways to interpret the film. But you're right. There's a lot of it that I feel like it was just in his head. It's like people he wanted to kill, but uh, the kills didn't actually happen. And I love that it's not completely explained away so that, you know, 
fans can watch it and rewatch it and uh, come to conclusions on their own. You know that that makes for a better film, on, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I always love a film where you like. There's multiple ways to to uh, um, decipher it, or you know, pick it apart, or take take what you want away from it, or what you interpret. You know, because mm-hmm. like, even the, having this conversation, it feels like the three of us interpreted it a little different too. Yeah, yeah. I I give this sucker movies. five stars myself. It's a five-star movie. This is a fucking yeah. classic. And if you're a horror fan who hasn't seen this movie, there's no excuse for that. Watch this movie. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, for me, just because I, I thought like the oversaturated <laughs> light, lighting and the cinematography kind of threw me off, although I know that it is indicative of that time period, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with a four and a half just okay. for that reason alone. Uh, besides that, the acting's incredible. Cast is incredible. Great soundtrack. Uh, thought-provoking. Definitely discussion-creating. Uh, definitely creative Gory. discourse over it. Yeah. yeah. Great gore. Great violence. Yeah. You know, and it had a, a set... Even though it's set in the 80s, it, it, it kind of had an 80, uh, 70s feel to it. You know what I mean? A little bit. A little bit. You know. Still slightly 90s. It, it had, also kind of had, like, a timeless feel in a way. If it wasn't for, like, the music... Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh yeah, definitely all around love this film. No excuse not to watch it because it's streaming almost everywhere. Uh so yeah, like Kelly was saying, go watch uh American Psycho ASAP, mm-hmm. baby. Yes. <laughs> well, until next time, uh you guys got anything else, anything new that you want to talk about before we uh before we sign off for the day? i think i put it all out there i think we're good i think we're good i think it puddled all all up i think we already uh we uh, we relieved it all (laughs) all right then well in that case keep it spooky keep it creepy and keep it real vile forever (laughs) hey all you cats and kittens all you ladies and lady killers out there in real vile land this is your old pal mr germ t ripper saying keep it spooky keep it creepy Keep it real vile forever. And don't forget, like, subscribe, and share all our content. Ow!